Hi, welcome to the Innovation Game, the podcast by the intellectual property law firm Potter Clarkson. My name's Rich Wells. I'm a senior associate patent attorney in the life sciences department, and I'm joined today by Tony Proctor. Tony, I'll let you introduce yourself. Thanks, Rich. Uh, yeah, as you say, I'm Tony Proctor. I'm a partner at Potter Clarkson, patent attorney, and also working in the life science department at the firm. Great. So, how are you, Tony? You know, what have you been up to recently? Uh, it's been a yeah, it's been a busy time recently. Um, so we've just finished handling a, a case in the UK Court of Appeal. Um, really interesting to, to 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 work on because it was a, a remote hearing, which is quite unusual in UK court litigation to to have a remote hearing. But it this this hearing was conducted over teams with the judges all on their own screen and, uh, and barristers dialing in as well. Uh, and really interesting to see. It worked really well, actually. It was a, it was a, it was a good experience. So um, it shows that, that, that we are finding new ways to work and, and it's great to be part of these new innovations. Oh, sounds great. I can imagine court of, a, court of appeal hearings are sort of nerve wracking enough, let alone sort of worrying whether your Wi-Fi is going to hold up to it. But, but it sounds like everything went well anyway. It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we the the first instance hearing at the Court of Appeal lasted about three weeks, and then uh, sorry, at the High Court lasted about three weeks, and then you get to the Court of Appeal, and it it all gets condensed into three days. So it's quite an intense process. But um, as I say, it's a great experience, and um, we're just wait, waiting to hear the decision now. Oh, fingers crossed! Fingers crossed. So, what we're going to talk to talk about today is trade secrets. Um, so you know, let's kick off with. Well, what what is a trade secret, and what kind of businesses do trade secrets kind of apply to? It's it's really interesting. I think trade secrets is one of these IP terms that that most people have a vague idea about what it relates to. Um, it gets banded around a lot. Businesses will talk about their technology being a trade secret, but 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 often without having a, a full understanding of what it actually means. I mean the basic criteria of uh, firstly it has to be something that's secret something that's confidential to your business um secondly it has to have value of, of some kind and it can be value now or it can be predicted value in the future but it has to have some value to to, to your business at some point and then thirdly and this is this is a relatively new way of, of, of thinking about it it has to be subject to reasonable protection measures uh, and that's a requirement uh, to to essentially, if you are asserting that you have a trade secret, you now need to demonstrate that that trade secret was subject to some reasonable protection measures. Okay, and I, I suppose some notable examples are things like, you know, Coca Cola, WD forty. Yeah. Um, but I suppose that they do apply to sort of a a broader range of businesses than than just sort of these kind of almost household names that everyone kind of sort of associates with with trade secrets. That's Absolutely, that's the kind of classic uh, classic thing that people would think about when they think about trade secrets. Would be these kind of recipes, almost <laughs> the, yeah, the Coca-Cola yeah. recipe, the recipe for Kentucky Fried Chicken, etc. Probably the trade secrets that that, that that people will encounter most in their daily lives will be software-based trade secrets. So things like the Google search algorithm uh, that determines what the way that hits are presented when you do a Google search. That's a trade secret, and 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 that's something that that, that again we'll all encounter in our daily lives. It can also go beyond that though, and and into areas that that companies wouldn't necessarily think of as being trade secrets. So for example. 
uh, information relating to the way that a particular machine is calibrated or the way that the uh, raw materials for a particular process are, are ordered and the timing of those orders and way in which the materials are stored or even market intelligence. So things like analysis of customer spending habits across different territories that will have value to the business because it will affect the way that the business deploys resources. And, and, and that value can give the business a competitive edge over, over others working in the same area. So, so worth protecting, worth securing. And, and essentially, if, if time and effort has gone into generating this information and it's valuable to the business, then it could be a trade secret. And I think that's that's really interesting because I think what I get from that is that trade secrets can they can touch every part of a business, you know, from something that's that's a product that's sold to a consumer to something that kind of happens behind the scenes. And I suppose the way that I view them is it's something that should be integrated just into your general strategy of thinking, you know, about IP alongside patents and alongside, um, you know, trademarks, depending on necessarily where your business's value value lies. Um, and I, I, I guess, you know, based on that, you've said that they've got to be valuable, but but what value do you think that they bring to a business? Because it's slightly slightly less, you know, maybe less tangible than, say, you know, a patent or a, a right that's maybe officially registered at a patent office, say. Well, they can be just as valuable. And I think it's interesting to stack the trade secret up against the patent and to see kind of where the pros and cons lie. Because as you say, with a with a patent, you have a registered right. You have a, a, a way to stop anybody from using that, that particular process or that particular product, regardless of where they got the information from. But you also have a limited right in the sense that it can be challenged. The validity can be challenged in court of that patent and it will expire after 20 years in, in, in most territories. So um, another option, the trade secret option, to compare that with patents, if you are able to keep the information as a, as a trade secret, then potentially the, the lifetime of that protection can, can, can be infinite as long as you can keep it secret, as long as you can keep it protected, then your competitors are not able to access that information. Um, the downside of keeping it as a trade secret has always been the risk, however, that the information would leak out from the business. And that risk has increased, I think, as we've as as we've moved into to, to the modern era where, uh, you know, maybe 50, 60 years ago, the recipe for Coca-Cola was kept in a safe. And yeah. as long as as long as nobody was able to break into that safe, you were OK. Now, information is shared across multiple sites, shared in a digital format, um, and so risks associated with computer hacking, unauthorized access of the information have increased. And also people move around. So people who've had that access to that information within your business might move to a different company and have that, that information is known to them, maybe even taken with them on a USB stick. And so, so the, 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 these kind of risks have increased. And I think the good thing is that the law has caught up with this, recognised this and put in place some, some strong protections around around trade secrets to make them a really viable uh, IP option. So, yeah, you talk about, you know, obviously the kind of COVID world in which we are working in now, which, you know, in some form, I think will carry on with people working from home, working from, you know, remotely. Um, you know, are there any other reasons why we're we're talking about this? You know, now, uh, what are these sort of changes in law and how the world's changing? You know, that's, that's kind of bringing trade secrets maybe more to the front as kind of a what should be a really integral part of any kind of IP strategy. 
I think you're right. I think it's 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 the changes in the law that have really brought this front and centre. And so we had in 2018 uh, the European Trade Secret Directive um, got a little bit lost at the time because it came around about the same time as GDPR. And of course, GDPR sends everybody into a bit of a tailspin. <laughs> and now that businesses have recovered from from that trauma, I think. Uh, they've rightly moved on to look at the other legislation, uh, such as trade secret provisions. And that was matched uh, a few years earlier, in fact, by in the US with the US Defend Trade Secrets Act. And then similar legislation in, in, in other industrialized nations, such as Japan, China, um, the purpose of which is to is to set out a legal framework whereby if you subject your trade secrets to reasonable protection measures and this is wording that's common to all of these new new pieces of legislation if you can show that you've put in place reasonable protection measures should that trade secret be misappropriated so stolen by a, th a third party and you can prove that then there are some pretty strong protect measures uh, protection measures that you can you can take to to take action against the party benefiting from the theft of that trade secret or the party that, that perpetrated the theft of that trade secret. And, you know, certainly we've seen a big rise in US litigation over, over the last few years uh, where these trade secret theft cases have been brought in the US courts and the, the damages awarded uh, are often in the hundreds of millions of dollars. So some pretty serious, uh, pretty serious consequences. Yeah, this definitely serious you know from both sides both as you know someone who has trade secrets and someone who maybe doesn't want to doesn't want to step on anyone else's trade secrets so with that in mind we're living in a changing world as you say and you know you've talked about sort of this these reasonable steps that companies need to take in order to sort of establish they've got um a trade secret so from a practical perspective first thinking about you know a company a business an individual that has trade secrets you know what what can you do in order to to give yourself the, the best position? I think there are two things really. I think there's understanding the the, the value of of trade secrets to your business and, and 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 ensuring that your employees and your team understand what a trade secret is and why it's important. So there's an education aspect to it, and and that's something that 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 really falls into I guess a big picture education program where. Uh, the R&D departments within a business need to be aware of different types of IP, but also the business as a whole needs to be aware of the value of IP to the business. And trade secrets are important, an important component of that. So having a trade secret education program within your business accessible by all employees to raise their awareness, I think, is, is, is one thing that's quite important. The second thing, I think, is having a good understanding of where your business is at the moment in terms of how it manages its trade secrets. So, so how it identifies trade secrets, how it categorizes the importance of those trade secrets, what measures it has in place to protect those trade secrets, and how it deals with trade secrets in, in its interactions with third parties. So, uh, for example, with a supplier or with a research partner, how the transfer of that information is managed and how trade secrets are identified there. And really stacking that up against where that business maybe could and should be in terms of its management of trade secrets in order to better comply with the legislation uh, and, and building really a pathway for it for, to understand how the business as a whole can improve and put better better protection measures in place. I, I quite like this as kind of like a theory about how you know businesses should set themselves up because a lot of that is maybe what innovative businesses in particular 
are doing or should be doing in relation to what they'd see more classically as like the pattern types of IP and, and how these inventions are identified and you know protected if that's deemed to be be necessary you know you either can work the sort of trade secret education in there to your research as your R&D department or you know if you don't have that kind of education then I think probably the, the whole firm can benefit from from just upping that game as it were um, and sort of turning it on its head you know you've said that especially in the US uh, the penalties for infringing if it's proven someone else's trade secrets are are pretty steep there's almost a defensive element to that you know how how can a firm try and establish that they you know stop their employees from from inadvertently or you know maybe purposefully using trade secrets especially with the amount that people move around between firms nowadays yeah it's a really good point and i think this 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 ties into the education aspect um uh, as well because you know the first the first risk to a business is that an employee will leave uh, go to one of your competitors, perhaps, and take information with them that, that that's a trade secret. Um, I think making sure that they are aware of the the, the the fact that the information they're dealing with is a trade secret, they're aware of the law and the quite serious consequences in, in terms of any misappropriation of trade secrets. Uh, and certainly at the point when they leave the business that they're reminded of these points and reminded of their obligations. I think that's that's certainly a measure that, that, that businesses can put in place to try and reduce the risk of trade secrets leaking out of the business. But as you say, there's another risk as well, which is when you're hiring somebody who might have been working for one of your competitors, um, you know, it's natural for a new employee to want to impress with on the, at a new employer their first few months on the job. They want to show that, that, that they're bringing value. And, and, you know, these kind of new ideas, new, new, new thoughts that they might bring into the business, there's a risk that, that that information is a trade secret that they've brought with them from their previous employer. So that, again, you know, looking at employees coming in the other direction at the point when they join the business, when they have that kind of onboarding with the business, that part of their education and training at that point is to make them aware of the fact that, that the trade secrets are important to the business, your company is a company that respects their party trade secrets, and that it has a clear policy in relation to how it handles trade secrets. That can reduce the risk of, 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 of a trade secret being brought into the business, and also can certainly serve as a defence if if a business is accused of misappropriating a trade secret to be able to say, well, we took all, all measures we possibly could to make sure we were not on the receiving end of any trade secrets. And if this did happen, then it was the actions of a rogue employee that we tried to safeguard against and can certainly uh, help as a defence against the misappropriation, but also certainly help as a defence against some of these quite, quite steep uh, awards of damages that we've seen in the courts. No, that, that makes sense. So, no, thanks for that, Tony. I think that was a, a really good introduction and some really good practical points on what is quite a complex area of, of, of IP law. Um, so, you know, just to summarise, what are your three take home messages from trade secrets that people should try and keep in mind if, if you know, if they're, they're kind of, you know, considering considering it as an issue? Yeah, I mean, firstly, I would say, if you if you're wondering whether your business has trade secrets, I would say you probably do, <laughs> and whether you realise it or not. Some some businesses will have trade secrets kind of front and centre of their thinking. Some businesses won't think about trade secrets at all, but but chances are you do have you do have trade secrets. Secondly, 
knowing that you have trade secrets, you need to think about how you're managing those trade secrets. And, and uh, it's important to, to, to have an understanding of where you are at the moment and, um, and what structures you have in place, what procedures you have in place. And thirdly, moving on from that, it's important to have an idea about where you want to be as a business, so where you can where you can go to improve your management of, of, of trade secrets and the steps that you can take to get there. I think I think that building that understanding into your business plan, it's it's not something that a business can change overnight. It's it's a process. It's a path that you to go on. But I think at least identifying the the, the value to be had in better trade secret management. Uh, and identifying the steps you can take, some of which could be very small, some of which could be only very, very minor changes to the way that the business operates, but could have a huge impact. I think that 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 thought process is something that's going to be very valuable for for, for most businesses. I know that's great. Um, so you should just mention at this point that um, Potter Clarkson have a new product called Safeguard, which is essentially a auditing tool where we will come into your business and we will help you understand where your trade secrets may be and help almost put the practical steps that Tony mentioned of how they could be catalogued and how the education of employees about trade secrets can can kind of be integrated into your firm's work process. I know Tony you've had a lot to do with putting this product together is there anything else you want to to add about it or yeah, I mean, we 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 recognise that, that that trade secrets is something that IP firms have historically been quite bad at helping their clients to to to, to deal with. Um, the conversation, you know, traditionally would be, well, you can either file a patent application or you can keep it as a trade secret. And if you if you're going to keep this as a trade secret, then it's up to you really to 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 do that to keep it secret. But now with the new laws coming into place, the new provisions around reasonable protections. We really want to help our clients get better at managing their trade secrets. And so, as you say, Safeguard is a, a new a new service that we've we've developed, really aimed at just that, helping our clients improve their compliance with trade secret laws and put them in a better position to protect and manage their trade secrets. So we're hoping uh, uh, hoping people will like it. <laughs> we, we're, we're welcome any feedback, and um, we look forward to working with working with businesses on their on their trade secret journey. That's, that's great. And it can be found at um, our website, um, www.potterclarkson.com. Um, this podcast, previous podcasts and future podcasts can all be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, and YouTube. And all that leaves me to do is to, you know, thank you, Tony, for your time. And I, I thought that was that was really interesting and it's a really good chat. Thanks. Rick. Nice talking to you. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to everyone for listening. Take care. 